There they go again. Everybody's leaving. Every time they introduce me, all those people leave. I'm going to start asking for those people's names. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay. Thank you, Dad, for this invitation to preach today. We had a cancellation. Janae got COVID yesterday, so the uh, last couple of days, so we, uh, we are home. But thankfully, on your part, you cannot get it through the screen. And uh, I don't have it, I don't think, right now. I had it about a month ago, but it's, it's gone for me, and now Janae has it. So, But you're safe. But uh, I'm so thankful to be with you. Love my parents and all they're doing for the city and for the kingdom of God and for my family, myself, my mom, all of her help to us. I appreciate you uh, letting my mom come down here a lot and and be with us and help us in this uh, season that we are in uh, with four little babies and full-time ministry, a lot of things going on at the same time. Thank you for your love and support. Thank you very much. Book of Acts chapter 20. I started to preach this message a few years ago, and then I felt like it was always missing about half of it, and so I stopped, and then the Lord recently gave me uh, everything else, I believe, uh, for it, and so I've, I've felt to begin to release it, and uh, I, feel, I feel it this morning, and I hope it blesses you where you are, and uh, just uh, I hope it speaks to you, but Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12, Acts chapter 20. Verses 7 through 12. What an awesome song. Brother Joe, you're very anointed, man. Powerful. I could feel it over here uh, in, the, uh, in the room. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and his speech continued, or he continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber while they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, had broken bread and eaten, talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. They brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. I want to, uh, I want to get into this today, and I want to, um, to preach to you a, a, a title that I used to title it, but it's, it's, it's a different message, and it's simply, Love Me Back to Life. Love Me Back to Life to life. Lord Jesus, you know everybody in the room, everybody's situation, everybody's trial, everybody's circumstance. And I pray today that you would use my lips of clay and transform them into a vessel anointed by your spirit, that you would speak into every home and every situation, God, for I know nothing, but you know everything. I give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen. You may be seated. I know you're standing. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Um, I could just basically sum it up in a nutshell with the first statement. We've all been through something. We've, we've all been through something. Uh, everybody in that room that I'm looking at right now has been through some type of trial or trials. 
used to be able to say, well, I'm this way because you don't know what I've been through. And when people think that it's true, but nowadays uh, what you've been through might not compare to anything to the person sitting across from you or beside you, what they've been through. Uh, pretty much, pretty much sum it up like this. You could probably think of your worst situation and someone in the room has been through more. Someone in the room has been through more pain, more grief, more suffering, more loss, uh, more devastation, more trials, more doubt, more fear, more anxiety, more depression. Everybody has a story and everybody's been through something. So Yes, you have been through something that no, maybe no one knows about, but you're surrounded by people that have been through things just like you have. Aren't you thankful to be a part of the body that even though we've all suffered, we're still in the kingdom of God? Um, you know, uh, we're, we're fortunate. We have, the, we have the Holy Ghost. We've been baptized in the name of Jesus. We're fortunate that what we've been through, we went through it with God, not by ourselves. I'm so thankful that God is with us. We're all fortunate to have the presence of God in our life. Whatever you do, never go through life alone. You need God in every situation that you're in. You need his hand, you need his word, and you need his touch to carry you through whatever that is. We're all fortunate. In this story, um, in this text, Eutychus, this young man, his name means fortunate. Uh, He's very fortunate, obviously, just in the story to be one of a few people chosen to go to the third floor of of a building where the greatest preacher in the world was visiting that night. The Apostle Paul was in town, and and this little room on the top floor uh, was the place where you'd want to be at if you lived if you were in that city at all that night. If you got an invite to be in that room where the Apostle Paul was speaking, you were fortunate, and Eutychus is in the room. Let me just say this: some things only happen when you're in the room. I, I can preach to you and and give you the word from here, but the word is landing in that room where you're at right now. It's being released from heaven, but it's landing in that room. I'm so thankful that you're thankful to be in the house of God every chance that you can, because some miracles only happen when you keep going to church, even though you may not feel it, even though you might be tired and weary, you're still in the room. I don't care if you're on the front row or the back row, you're still in the room right now, and Jesus can get to you as long as you're in the room. Some people think, well, I can't go to church because of COVID. I can't be around people. And I understand that if, if there's genuine things going on in your body. But but uh, but if, if you can go to Target and Walmart and everywhere else but church, something's wrong. But, but some things only happen when you get in the house of God, when you're in the atmosphere where the presence of God is moving. Never lose that. Never walk away from that. This is the safest place you can be. And so he was in the room with the greatest preacher in the world. Uh, But the problem was where he was located in the room. Now, if you're on the back row, I'm not preaching to you about, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm just using this story for, for what I'm trying to get to, but he was in the window and what, what basically he was on the edge. He was, he was partly in and partly out. He was, he was, he was connected, but he was also on the edge. It's very dangerous to try to go to church and live on the edge of the world. It's very dangerous to be partway in and partway out. It's very dangerous to be halfway committed to God and halfway committed to your flesh because ultimately uh, you can't control things. And, and when you're on the edge, you don't know what's going to happen. And so he was 
he was in the right room, but he was he was on the edge in the right room, and and uh, he was in a great service. But the problem was Paul was preaching a long time, and I promise you, I will not preach a long time. But Paul was preaching uh, all night long, and it got to around midnight, and 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 Eutychus started getting tired. Let me just say this: if you're really in church, you will be tired eventually. You will be drained. If you do church right, you will be exhausted a lot. If, if you're never tired, you're not putting all your effort into the church. Because I promise you, people that are giving it, they're all are drained and they're tired. <laughs> uh, I know that Brother Plale stood up and one other guy on that, but it's still the truth of the entire room there. That when, when you're all the way in, you will be tired eventually because your life revolves around the church. It should not be that the church revolves around your life. It should be that your life revolves around the church. You're part of the kingdom. You might be in this world, but you're not of this world. The room that you are in is the world God wants you to be involved in with all your heart and soul and might. And so he was He was drained. I mean, he just no other way to put it. He, I don't know if he had worked all day. I don't know if he had served all night long. And but, but something got to them where he was falling asleep in the middle of Apostle Paul's preaching. Now, you know, I'm sure it was long, but boy, it's pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous when you're falling asleep on Paul. If you fall asleep on me, I get that. I, I, I've had that happen lots of times, and so that won't bother me. But, but if you fell asleep on Paul. You're pretty bold, first of all. And then secondly, you're very, very, very tired. And so he was drained, and then and then he started sinking into a deep sleep. So the process starts with being drained, and then you start drifting. It's um you start drifting when you're drained. In fact, and and the scary part about drifting when you're in the in the house of God is you don't know it because the Bible said he was in a deep sleep. And when you start to drift spiritually, you're usually unaware that you're drifting. You're usually comfortable being disengaged, comfortable not going to the altar, comfortable not clapping your hands, comfortable not worshiping. Uh, you don't even know it, but you're you're fast asleep in the spirit world. I, I hope I'm not offending anybody because I don't know who you are. And so if, if you're mad, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what the, the Lord told me to preach. And But it's very dangerous when you get comfortable with your drifting, because when you're drifting, you are, uh, when you're drifting in your sleep, you can't control the thoughts. You don't know what's coming, if it's a dream or a nightmare, and, and, and you're not engaged in what God is doing around you. And so you begin to sink. The Bible said he began to sink in to a deep sleep. People that start getting tired and don't get that fresh anointing and that keep that prayer life up, they begin to drift and they begin to sink. And you can't even tell them comfortable where they are, that, that they, they would almost get upset with you if you tried to challenge them to get closer to God. They would take it as an offensive statement when you said, come on, let's pray more. Let's get more in our Bibles. What do you mean pray more? Do you think I'm not praying? Do you think I'm not reading? Well, I think you're drifting. Everyone's moving and you're sleeping. Everyone's stepping forward and you're standing back. And it, it may not matter to anybody else around you, but can I just be very bold? Heaven and hell, watch every church service. Heaven and hell, watch those that care and those that do not care. Heaven and hell. And while you, I'm not making light of how exhausted you are. I realize some of you probably worked 60 hours this week, 80 hours this week, and you're probably tired. But you know why you came this morning? Your spirit is saying, I'm tired and I need to be refreshed. I need to be renewed. I need to be strengthened. I need joy. I need to be encouraged. I need to be lifted up. 
So when it's happening, don't don't disengage it. Don't push it away. Just let it come to you. When the when the presence of God is reaching for you, don't block it away with a bad attitude. Reach for him and worship him because he's trying to strengthen you for the battle that you're in outside those walls right now. Mm. He's he's drained and he's he's drifting. And the reason why this is so dangerous is when you start drifting, you'll eventually start dropping. And and because he's on the edge, he's drained and he begins to drift and now he loses his balance and he falls. It's not the dropping that scares me. It's the direction of the dropping. Because had he fallen forward, Brother Plail, he lands three or four feet into the room. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's a wake up call. It's a uh, it's, it's, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep and everyone's looking at me for a moment, but, 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 you know, at least I fell in the church. At least I fell surrounded by my brothers and sisters. At least I fell. Mm, I feel like preaching. Uh, can I just tell you, if you messed up on Friday, you better still be coming to church Sunday morning. You need to be in the presence of God, no matter what sin is in your life. You need to come in there and, and say, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm falling, but I'm going to fall in the house of God. I'm going to fall into the church. I'm going to fall into the altar because there's something that cannot be replaced by falling to the body. No one's there to judge you in that room. No one's there to, to condemn you. They're there to strengthen you. They're there to help you. That's why when you fall, don't skip church. Come back to church. Be in the presence of God. Control the direction of the fall. Yeah, I feel crazy. I feel stupid, but I'm going to be there. I'm going to lift my hand. I'm going to go to the altar and cry because I want to be surrounded by the body. Yeah. But he fell the wrong way. So if you fall this way, you're surrounded by 150, 200 people that love you. But if you fall that way, you don't know where you're landing. Nobody's out there. Nobody cares. This, if I fall toward you, I, I know it's going to be a few feet, but I, I don't know how many feet it is if I fall the other way. That's the dangerous part about sin is you can't control how far it will take you. And you don't know how far the fall will be and how severe the crash will be when you land. And so that's why being at church as much as possible controls the falling. It's like, oh, I, I, you slip, but you get up. And that's why every altar call is so essential that you participate because you are telling God, I, I, I'm trying to get back up. I'm trying to do what I can. I'm trying to stay connected where I know I need to be. And so, but he fell the wrong way. And he, he went down three flights into the ground, surrounded by no one. And the Bible said he was taken up dead, which means before dad, before Paul touched him, somebody else did. Before Paul reached him, somebody else tried to lift him up, and it didn't work. Before Paul uh, went down there to do his thing, somebody else tried, and it didn't work. I heard a preacher, uh, I heard a statement that a preacher made years ago. He's gone on now, and the statement has rocked me, and it said, we, we carry those whom we cannot heal. We, we, uh, when we can't fix it, when we can't heal it, when we can't change it, our job is to carry the ones uh, that are suffering. You'll notice a pattern in the Bible when people couldn't heal their lame friends, they would carry them to Jesus. 
or they would set them by the pool of Bethesda. Because there's something about saying, I don't have the answers, but I I know one who does. I, I can't fix the situation and I can't change it, but I know someone who can. And while I can't heal you, I'll carry you. I wish somebody would help me right now. I, I can't fix your problem, but I got some shoulders you can lean on. I, I can't take away the pain, but I can help you carry the cross. I can't, I can't make it all better for you, but you can count on me if you need to call somebody. You need to be that person that if you can't fix it, you're still there. I, I, my touch might make, make no sense. My words may not be perfect, but you can count on me to try to help you. I'm thankful for people that even though they can't change my situation, they're there in my situation. They're there when I call. They're there when I text. They're there when I stretch out and need help. You're surrounded by people that want to be there for you. Don't isolate yourself. Don't push yourself into a corner. Don't paint yourself away where no one can help you because someone, even though they can't fix it, they can carry you. Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost. People that are the best carriers are the ones that are strong. They're strong because they've been through stuff. They're strong because they've suffered. They're strong because they've lost things and they've lost people. So when they say you can make it, listen to them because they're telling you, I made it and now you can make it. I went through hell and so you're going to make it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Aren't you thankful you're surrounded by a church that's with you right now. Maybe the situation no one knows about. Maybe you're in a crisis that no one has a clue about but you're still surrounded by the body. You're still surrounded by the church. You're still surrounded by people that want to carry you. And, and when you're weak, stop trying to carry yourself. Let somebody carry you. Would you please let the preaching carry you? Would you please let the elders carry you? Would you please let the love of the body carry you? I know you're strong, but God wants to lift you. And sometimes you need everybody else's strength when you always depend on your own. Trust me, it's easy to depend on our own strength when we go through things that no one else goes through. But you need people around you to say, no, I'm carrying you right now. I'm, I'm taking care of this right now. I know you're strong. I know you're able, but I'm here. And I want to let you know, I refuse to let you carry yourself through this. Mm. I'm here. The Bible said Paul went down there and he embraced him. Now, this is so powerful to me because all the people that have been raised from the dead in the Bible have never been hugged back to life. Uh, Elijah stretched on a kid. That's about as close as it got. But, but everyone else, pretty much, you know, it was like they were spoken to or they were touched. But 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 Paul doesn't go through. He doesn't look at a pattern with God. I don't think I, I think it was heat of the moment. I don't think Paul, uh, you know, thought, well, I need to speak like Jesus did. Lazarus, come forth. Eutychus, come forth. I think Paul was in the heat of the moment and instantly just reacted. And when he got down there, he he lift, he embraced him, which in the Greek said he 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 lifted him up and held him. And um, can I? Oh, I feel like preaching this. You know, some some things only come back to life when you love them back to life. Some some people are only going to live for God if you love them while they're not living for God. I 
blasting them on social media for their lack of holiness after they left the truth is not going to get them back in the house of God. You're going to have to love, I feel the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to love them when they're not responding to you. You can try to preach them, but they're not going to respond to that. They That's Eutychus. They, they need someone to love them. They need someone to be there for them. I know when they call you, you want to talk about truth and living their right life, but sometimes until God's ready, you've got to just love on them and embrace Embrace them when you want to say something different, but you can't say what you want to say because God has got you in a process where you're learning to love people back to life. You can't use your words when God wants them to feel your touch. You've got to say, I don't know what I don't know what to do, but you're gonna know that I love you. I don't know what to say, but you're gonna know that I love you. I don't have the perfect statement, but you're gonna feel that I'm dead serious and I'm sincere about what I'm doing because I'm gonna embrace you in spite of my lack of knowledge of how to deal with this situation. Paul at this point has never raised anybody from the dead. He's just he's just reacting, but he's loving them. Let me tell you, people need to be loved. There's too many backsliders in the world that want to come back to God, but they feel like they will not be loved by the church when they get back. And that's the problem. I know God still loves me, but the people don't love me. I know God still wants to save me, but the church could care less about me. As soon as I walk in the doors, they give me the stare down. They begin whispering. That's not of God. That's not of God. What they need to know is, hey, yes, I've fallen, but there is a church that will pick me up and love on me as soon as I can get to the door. As soon as I can find my way there, they're going to embrace me in my brokenness. Mm. I can feel the Holy Ghost over here. I don't know if it's getting through on that end, but I can feel the Holy Ghost over here. And the Bible said it when he embraced him, elves. So he starts talking to the people in the window while he's trying to heal and raise up the man in the dirt. So let me just say this ministry is about meeting everyone's needs where they are. And so in a room that size, with all those people in there right now that I'm looking at, there's all kind of needs. So I can't preach one message for one situation and hopefully impact everybody's needs because there's different things going on in different houses, different marriages, different situations. And so Paul is he's such an he's brilliant in ministry. He knows that the the, the boy needs to feel the love, but the church needs to hear a word. Hmm. Well, so, so he's trying to, he's trying to, to minister to him while he's trying to speak to them. Uh, they, the boy needs to feel something, but the people need to hear something. And that's ministry. you got to be able to know when they need to feel it and when they need to hear it. Because you might be worried in the window or you might be dying in the dirt. I don't know. But I know one thing. If you're worried in the window, you need a word from God. But if you're dying in the dirt, you need someone to come on and pick you up and say, we're with you right now. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, we're here for you right now. Mm. Well, well, it's almost like some of you are in both places. Part of you is worried in the window for your loved one, and part of you is dying in the dirt, saying, I wish somebody knew what I'm really going through. I wish somebody knew what I'm really suffering. And you're saying, God, I need a word, and I need a hug. 
I need someone to speak to me, but I also need someone to come love on me. I want to tell you, God sent me to tell you this morning, trouble not yourselves, for there's more life in you than you think right now. I know you feel like giving up. I know you think it's hopeless. I know you think God forsake you and God dropped you, but God has you in the palm of his hand right now. And whether you need someone to love on you or someone to speak to you, God said you're going to get both today. I'm going to hug on the ones that can't fix it themselves, and I'm going to speak to the ones that are worried and they can't control the situation. I'm in the window. I've done all I can do. I've said all I can say. I've, I've, I've tried to reach my family with everything I have, and I can't fix it. Well, God said to tell you, stop worrying about it, because when you can't fix it, there's somebody that's going to get down kata, to the situation that you can't get to, and he's going to reach down and scoop up the one that you want to scoop up. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the presence of God in this room. Someone needs to know that the Lord sees you in the window, and the Lord sees you in the ground. He sees you when everyone's with you, and he sees you when no one's there, and he's got just as much love for you, no matter where you are in the story. Somebody ought to worship him right now in Palmer. Somebody ought to raise your hands while you're weary in the window. Somebody ought to try to reach up to him from the ground and say, God, I can't fix it, but I need you right now. Send somebody to give me a word. Send somebody to hold my hand. Send somebody to pick me up. Send somebody to care because this is too much for me. That's the anointing that's in the room right now. I feel an Apostle Paul message coming to you. Don't worry about it. Trouble not yourselves. God has everything fixed that you can't fix. God has everything in control that you've lost control of. He said his life is in him. You know what? That's so that's so powerful. He said that because if you were looking from the window, you couldn't tell that the situation had changed. You could not see any type of change in Eutychus. But Paul said, I can feel a heartbeat that you can't hear. I can feel something you can't feel. I feel like telling somebody right now, you, you see the situation as impossible to change. But God said, I, I, I can hear things and feel things you can't even hear and feel right now. I want you to know it's going to be okay. I want you, I know you want me to give you answers, but I'm not going to give you answers. I'm going to give you peace. Hmm. I'm going to give you peace. I'm just going to tell you, don't worry about it. When you, when it's all said and done, you're going to see him again. When it's all said and done, you're going to know that I was with you in this valley. You're going to see her again. You're going to know the presence of God was with you in this dark moment. Something is reaching for you right now. Something's trying to tell you, don't worry about it. There's a heartbeat. Don't worry about it. There's still life. I think, I know you see it's dead, but there's life beyond death. There's something going on you don't even know about right now. I feel Jesus in this room. Someone needs to know that I can hear a pulse in the spirit. I can feel movement in your situation. You're waiting on God to change it before you give him glory. You're waiting before, like Martha. Once I see him again in the resurrection, I'll believe you. But he's 
said, I am the resurrection and the life. You know, you need proof, but just so you know, I've already taken care of things that you can't fix. I've already taken care of the situation you can't change. And there is life that you can't even see. I wish someone would hear me. The loved one that's not responding to you. The loved one that should have prayed through by now. The loved one that should have come back to church by now. You just need to know, God said, trouble not yourselves, for the life is still in her. The life is still in him. There's a heartbeat in the spirit that you can't even see and you can't even feel. I know you think you did everything and your efforts were in vain. I know you're blaming yourself, but God said, stop blaming yourself because I put life that you can't feel. There's a world beyond your knowledge. There's a world beyond your vision. There's a world beyond your world. And the Lord said, there's life beyond your life. Somebody right now in that sanctuary, you need to look across the aisle. You need to look back in the pew and find someone and start loving them back to life while you're waiting on your loved one to come back in the church, while you're waiting to see your loved one in heaven. You need to find someone and love them back to life. Stretch out your weary arm. Stretch out your exhausted hand. Stretch out your tired situation and say, I'm here for somebody right now. I shut up. I'm going to help you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to strengthen you. I know you've suffered. I'm not making light of your story. I'm not making light of your situation. I'm not making light of your pain. I'm not making light of your dilemma. I'm just trying to tell you you're not alone. I'm just trying to tell you that you're not carrying this by yourself. And I'm just trying to tell you that what you can't change and what you see as impossible, there's a heartbeat behind the surface. There's a heartbeat behind the scene. Something's moving that you don't know about. And you need to trust the word of God. And Paul came back in and ate the bread and acted like just had, let's just continue church. But before it was said and done, Eutychus came back in that room and Eutychus was restored. Somebody hear this preacher. God is going to get the last word in your situation. Some of you, it might be in heaven when you see it manifest. Some of you, it might be when you're old. Some of you, it might be on your deathbed. Some of you, it might be in three months. I don't know, but I promise you, God said, I'm going to get the last word. I'm going to get the final say. So while the devil's trying to tear your faith down and trying to rip your faith apart and take your worship and steal your joy, you need to stand with everything in you and lift up those hands and say, God, everything is pulling me apart, but I believe your word and I receive your word because your word cannot return void and your word has all dominion and power. That's why you can't stop reading your Bible when you're going through the valley because the word has power over the weariness and the word has power over the dilemma and the word has power over the trial. Boy, I feel the Holy goes why don't you stand right now in that room why don't you lift your hands on the back row in the middle in the front row why don't you lift your hands and say God I know you know where I'm at help me to get back up help me to get on my feet help me to not worry I rebuke anxiety in the name of Jesus I rebuke torment in the name of Jesus I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus I rebuke guilt in the name of Jesus I rebuke anger in the name of Jesus 
I release peace in that room in the name of the Lord. For my peace passeth all understanding. God, give some peace that doesn't make sense to people. People that should not have peace are going to have peace. People that should be terrified and tormented, but they're going to have peace instead. I pray for angels' wings to replace human arms. I pray for your peace, God, to enter the situation that we cannot change. I'm going to open up the altar. I wish somebody would bust a move right now. I wish somebody would say, I'm, I'm going to step toward it. I'm going to engage it. I'm going to engage my Jesus right now. I can't change it. I feel like I'm in the window or I feel like I'm in the dirt. But, oh, God, I can hear your voice one more time. I can hear your word reaching for me. I can hear your word calling my name. I can hear your word stretching forth in in pure love, I can hear your word saying, believe me, for we carry those whom we cannot heal. We carry those whom we cannot heal. We love those whom we cannot fix. Stretch your hands to somebody and pray with them right now. Why don't you find somebody in the church? I'm preaching to those in the back right now, in the middle. I got, it's very blurry on my end, but I see a lot of people staring and standing. I'm preaching to you. God knows where you're at right now. God knows what you're going through. God knows how serious it is at home. God knows how painful it is. God knows, and he's there in the darkest valley. Let the altar call begin. Let the presence of God get on your pew. Let the presence of God stretch toward your situation. Come on. Come on. Somebody love someone back to life. <laughs>